You're listening to Conversations in Youth Foyers, a Foyer Foundation podcast. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we work and live. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. In this episode, our inaugural ambassador Chloe Shorten chats with past Foyer residents Brian Kim. If anything in this conversation is triggering and you need to discuss it, please contact the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or Lifeline on 131114. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Chloe, Bree and Kim. I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri land in Victoria and um, here to hear from the most extraordinary women about the Boyer Foundation and the things that they've experienced being a part of it. I am Chloe Shorten and I'm, among other things, mother of three kids. I'm a passionate advocate for women and girls, which is what led me to to you, to the Boyer Foundation, and I believe fundamentally that kids, kids can do anything, you know, given time, and resources and uh, support. And I grew up with parents who believed that about us. So particularly about the value of every young person. When we first met, I was listening to your stories and I thought these are the women that I want to talk to all the time about what they're doing and that I'd like to get talking to my girls as well about um, your experiences and insights and goals and dreams. So do you want to introduce yourselves to us? Um, we'll start with Bree. Hello, I'm Bree. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I resided at the Shepparton Education First Youth Foyer, so I'm now an alumni student. I resided there for only six months, but I still have kept in contact with them. Um, I do regular volunteer work with them, um, and I'm very much so connected, and I am an advocate for, yeah, all things youth and, and women empowerment. Hello everyone, my name is Kim. I'm 24 years old. Um, I've been here at Foyer Oxford WA uh, for just over a year now. Ever since I've walked into Foyer, like I've just been on this upward scale of growth and it's been amazing. Like I, compared to one year ago, I would not imagine the things that I'm doing now. So, yeah, I'm very thankful to be here and to have the support that FOIA is giving me. That's awesome, isn't it? It's interesting to look back over where things were a year ago in so many different ways at the moment, isn't it, in terms of, you know, the the COVID pandemic and um, the world and the climate and all the things that are going on at the same time as our own individual lives. So... I can imagine it'd be very different for you now. What was your initial expectation, Kim, about what things might be like for you when you came to the foyer? I had just come out of um, being in a mental health ward. Um, I was still a, a risk, I guess, to myself. So, yeah, um, coming in, I knew that I would be receiving the support and counsel that I needed and um, just starting that path of um, gaining independence, which is what I really needed. Yeah, I knew coming in that um, I would be in the most safest place possible. 
Mm -hmm. um, coming from an environment where I wasn't safe. So Mm -hmm. it was like a breath of fresh air for me. Such a fundamental thing, isn't it? That just sense of being safe. What then, you know, after you arrived and you, you were expecting what you were expecting, what surprised you about what it was like? Um, all the staff have like this one, one goal where they try to support, um, like, even though you have your own case manager, like you still get along and like build good relationships with like all of the staff there. And they're like, Oh, how are you going? Like, how's this? And how's that? Like they, they remember like the small things about you and they really support your growth and, um, your journey at FOIA, which I found amazing because um, growing up, like I, not many people asked like what was going on with me or cared what was going on. So it was like a bit of a, a culture shock, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you sort of felt visible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's such an important thing. I think you know that we we forget in, in the world of data and facts and things all the time. You know, there's somebody's story and just being visible and being seen is really crucial to who we are. I think as well, sorry to just jump on in, but I really think like what you were saying, Kim, about the staff and how they genuinely care and build that connection with you. It feels like, I mean, the foyer is our home and the staff are our family and they genuinely care about us. And I think that's what's so unique about the foyer. It's, It's a safe place and your own family. What I noticed about the foyer when I first started to get to know what they did was just how all-encompassing that sense of belonging is and how they, the the people that you're working with, they also have a real feeling of belonging as well. That's what struck me was that, and then it sort of occurred to me that it was a bit like another family and a bit like, I suppose, an extension of that, that everybody was wrapping around each other as well. And so that idea of those wraparound support and services was actually all of you supporting each other uh, as colleagues and sort of semi-siblings yeah yes yeah now Bree tell me a little bit about your expectation going into FOIA I um had no idea really what I was walking into I had never heard of the FOIA so when I was in year 12 VCE in 2017 I was also couch surfing so it was a stressful year within itself and then to not have stable living arrangements, that was really tricky. Um, I'm an only child as well and I'm really close with both of my parents, but unfortunately, like, I just wasn't safe at home with them. So that was, yeah, so much stress separating from my family, um, trying to do year 12 BCE um, and couch surfing as well. So I found out about the foyer after two months of couch surfing through just a girl I went to school with Um, and then I applied and had an interview um, to chat about my situation and see if I'm a suitable match for the foyer and I was really lucky to get in straight away. From then my confidence and self-worth and everything within me has just skyrocketed it's crazy. I was talking to Anita, the manager at um, the Chef Foyer, 
she didn't even realise how anxious I was when I was living there that I was too scared to use the communal um, laundry. <laughs> so my wow. laundry would just pile up and I was, like, too scared to go into the communal areas. And yeah. the same thing like what Kim was saying, they are so caring and genuinely checking in and I would just be like, hi, and, like, keep walking back to my room. Mm. Um, and whereas now, like, you can't get me to shut up. Like, I'm such a different person and... Yeah, you're the same, Kim. Absolutely. It's funny. That's the sort of stuff that we tell little kids, isn't it? We say, look, you might think that everybody's looking at you and you might think that they're assessing everything you're doing, but actually all the other kids are just thinking the same thing (laughs) about themselves. And so for somebody who's going into any new situation, that's a real classic lesson, isn't it? Let alone it being in one of the foyer. If you could look back now and see yourself when you were 13 or 14, those terrible years, I know, sorry to take it back. (laughs) You know, they were not fun for me either. And I just think what would be the sort of thing that you would say to yourself about how things, you know, what you needed to know and to be reassured about then? Chloe, we will be here all night. <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> I, really, I really love what you're saying, though, because how I choose and try to live every day at the moment is being the person I needed when I was in that age group and when I was experiencing the issues I was experiencing. So that's why I've returned to FOIA, even though I don't live there anymore, but to volunteer and mentor and coach um, the guys and girls and everyone there um, just on the exact same thing. I think the biggest thing for me would be to validate yourself and believe in yourself and at the end of the day you'll always have you and that's not a bad thing. It's okay to be your own friend. Absolutely. Around that age we were, it's it's the big thing like, do they like me? Um, does everyone like me? Like, i got to make as much friends as possible. Otherwise, like, I'll look weird. Like, mm. But, yeah, just as Bree just said, like, be friends with yourself. Love yourself first. That's one of the most important things before um, anything else. Because mm. if you don't love yourself, then who else will? Yeah. I yeah. think as well the the way you love yourself then sets you up for the way you can receive and accept and give love in all of your other relationships, whether it's friendship, romantic, your relationship with your your colleagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's often a lifelong journey for every woman. I can't speak for the boys, but even when I've experienced um, achieved something, let's call it, whether it's somebody else's version of success or mine, accepting that and allowing that to just be something that you accept and acknowledge and don't question and that's actually a good thing instead of saying oh you know there's this thing called imposter syndrome I don't know if you guys have have heard much about it in your travels but it's this idea that women and girls will be overqualified research shows they'll be overqualified for a job or a role or something they're appointed to and still question whether or not they should have been appointed whereas you know that's not quite the case for the fellas who (laughs) can often feel like they're actually underqualified and that they don't question that at all and I think that it just can go back to this 
very early conversation that you have with yourself about I'm enough. Yeah. How do you get taught and educated and supported through learning those things? Do you have people who take you through that at the foyer or did you learn that yourself? A bit of both. Yeah, my case manager um, really loves um, positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got me onto that. But also I guess my friend circle is very uplifting and supportive and very much into manifesting good for yourself and positive affirmations. This might be very cliche, but TikTok. I know. Um, oh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> my feed is like all just positive affirmations, like good. uplifting yourself, like all all the good stuff that I didn't have access to when I was in that vulnerable age group. Like, yep. or if I had the confidence I had now back then, oof, I would have achieved so much. It's That's amazing that you say that because Kim, I reckon that most of the conversation about young ones these days, and you know, I've got a I've got an almost 12-year-old, is that so much of the stuff on social media and on those apps is soul-depleting and, you know, can be very anxiety-provoking and can create the environment of comparison that's a very negative spiral. So to hear you say that, and perhaps it's your maturity, you know, that you have figured out how to get the best out of it Mm. for yourself and so your feed is a positive feed and, You've got an echo chamber of good going on instead yeah. of some of the other stuff that we see that I, I get quite worried about, particularly, you know, in lockdown circumstances. And so that's really interesting and gives me a different perspective. It's, it's I definitely different. actively curated it. Yep. Uh, I had self-esteem and body issues as well. Um, still go through it, but I try and come from the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> with like positive messaging mm. and like, as soon as um, anything that combats it, I just skip it. Like, nah, it's not going to cut it. See ya, bye. <laughs> I love that. I know that, um, uh, Brie, you actually do a lot of stuff online yourself on social media. And yeah. so you're one of the people that Kim and my daughters would need to look to for that kind of content, right? And Absolutely. all those affirmations and that sort of supportive environment. Tell us a little bit about what you do on your, you know, social media and with your apps and how you're managing that. Even going back a little bit to what Kim and I were just saying um, about the way we love ourselves then sets us up for how we accept love and and how we feel worthy in our own relationships. So obviously my home life was an ideal and so I didn't really learn what a healthy relationship was and I didn't have a good sort of role model to look to in that situation um so then when I left the foyer I actually found myself in um a really unhealthy romantic relationship mm-hmm. and I moved three hours away from Shepparton so I was quite isolated I still reached out to the foyer for help during that time and they linked me up with a mentor in the Geelong area so even though I had left the foyer they still continued to support me and that again just reiterates that they are that family like they don't just leave you they still support you through everything Mm. um so then recovering from I guess everything (laughs) that I had sort of gone through I I did come back to Shepparton and I was just in such a dark place where I was like I can't do this anymore and I got so down that I was like I have to do something just like Kim said actively 
creating that change and I knew that no one else could flip that switch except for myself Mm. so I started investigating all these different things like self-help books podcasts being aware of what I'm consuming on social media and I just started breaking that negative cycle on social media by every day as soon as I wake up and have done my morning routine share some positive affirmations because how many of us wake up first thing we do is check our phone and we absorb everything that's on our social media so instead of being negative I wanted to put some positive affirmations about everything mental health body image everything like that and my social media just started to grow and I started to be known in the Shepparton area just as that local um, empowering, you know, self-love advocate, which is amazing because it's everything that I stand for. And then I oh. went back to the foyer and I started, yeah, just teaching everyone there the skills that I had sort of learnt. And, yeah, I'm still actively posting on my social media, like my journey and um, things that I've learnt and are still learning. Well, that sort of pathway to independence, which is such a crucial part of FOIA, isn't it? It's that sort of the deal that you make. You go there, you commit, and you sound as though you've taken that out with you. You're continuing that independence, your independence of mind when you're dealing with social media and you and the things that you're you're doing. You've, you're still keeping that deal in a way, you know, that you made as a student at the FOIA and then a graduate that you're going to be a positive force for other people. And I'm not not sure, you know, when I've talked to you, both of you, I hear your stories and not so much your past stories but your current ones. I go, do you really realise how powerful they are? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and what that path to independence taught you and that, that family taught you at FOIA. So at the moment, I'm in my final semester of uni. Uh, (laughs) Exciting, but kind of scary. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a long road from that. Um, During my time at uni, I had mental health issues and um, lots of family issues and obviously couch surfing and, yeah, moving in and out of homes trying to juggle uni with all that was I don't even know (laughs) I just did it somehow and do you look back and say how did I actually get through all that honestly it's it's a blur like I Mm. think I was just on fight or flight mode I was trying to get through each day because yeah it was just um it was a daily struggle um but you did right yeah Um, so yeah, um, upon coming to FOIA, um, yeah, I've been presented with a lot of networking opportunities, which has helped my confidence and my public speaking, being here with you guys. Um, I've been in youth parliament this year and, uh, affiliated with YACWA, the Youth, um, Youth Affairs Council for WA, amazing organisation, they do amazing work. Yeah, just having the confidence to do things that will benefit my my career and my personal journey as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, getting this like the personal support and the tools from um, the foyer staff that that's yeah that I wouldn't have been able to do that by myself. Mm. So many of us take those things for granted. 
you know, growing up that we'll establish networks through our families or the people around us and to go and do that from scratch is tough and seriously gutsy Mm. because you're, again, it's that moment where you feel vulnerable, you're sort of doing it alone in a way, but you have that safety net of all the workforce and the specialists who work in with FOIA, right, and they plug in and you kind of know they're there. Yeah. Tell us about some of the you know, the friends that you have made or the connections that you've made with some of the people that you've been around at the foyer? This year, um, our amazing resi worker, Wes, has been hosting some hikes and um, they've helped, like, foster some really close friendships with um, the residents here at Foyer Oxford. Our community events are pretty good. We love our cooking classes. <laughs> so we get pretty good numbers in them. <laughs> right. There's, yeah, multiple opportunities to um, get to know your neighbours and make friends. So, yeah, it's uh, it's always fostering um, the sense of belonging and um, that you're not alone. Like mm-hmm. people, people are here with you. Mm-hmm. Belonging comes back again and again, doesn't it? Yeah. And- You're listening to Conversations in Youth Foyers, a Foyer Foundation podcast. So, Bree, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Oh, mine's a little bit crazy. Everyone buckle up. So (laughs) I um, recently uh, was managing two gyms and that was at the age of 21, which is crazy considering where I was confidence-wise when I was at the foyer and transitioning. Um, When I received my first job in the fitness industry as just a receptionist, it took me three weeks to be able to answer a phone. (laughs) So to be managing two clubs, you know, be doing this podcast here with you guys today, like it just shows um, that transformation. I was loving it uh, managing the two clubs, but I decided to take a step back. So I'm still in the fitness industry, but I've got um, a ton of little side hustles that I'm working on. So I'm working in beauty. I'm trying to get my own little health and wellness coaching business up off the ground, which is called Value, which is spelled V-A-L-Y-O-U because it's about valuing you. Um, And so it's essentially, thank you, (laughs) it's essentially like a personal training business, but we're looking at so much more than just weight loss and the numbers. We're learning about body image, self-esteem and who we are and, and the lessons I've learned um through all of this uh and it's just yeah really empowering working in the fitness industry for about four years you know you have people come and go all the time and they I always say there's three types of people who come to a gym so there's someone who has a great headspace and they're able to train on their own and do their own thing um, and get the results thereafter but then you've got the other two people so the majority which have a poor headspace and you could have someone who who was in all the time overtraining um, and punishing themselves to not looking a certain way or um, eating too many calories and looking at food like it's numbers and not fuel to look after themselves. Um, Or you could have someone who ends up talking themselves out of going because they can't stand what they see in the mirror or they don't feel like they're good enough. So to me, I really think the problem here isn't the weight or how you look, it's your mindset and it's really diving deep within yourself to foster and cultivate that self-love and, um, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or that background, that 
you can love yourself even if someone at home couldn't love you. Um, so really that's my, my main focus at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I do a little bit of beauty and I do a little bit um, of social media marketing for myself. And, yeah, I've got like heaps of little projects on the go. It doesn't stop. So, yeah. <laughs> love that. Everybody needs a side hustle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be excellent to see you do some stuff that's geared to young girls the really you know those those little ones right now they are very much um influenced by the wrong kind of influencers aren't they and um you know we have to get them being influenced by you know women like you too frankly and seeing much more of that um just do it you know, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. All those sort of catchphrases about you are enough. And it's, it's, it's interesting as a mum, you can say those things to your kids and to your girls in particular, but when they hear it from people your age, then it has a great deal of power. So I'm looking forward to both of you doing a little bit more of that target those young kids who who are 11 and 12 and would love to have that conversation now that leads me into a conversation that my eldest daughter wanted me to ask you if you were able to sit down in front of a room full of 18 year old boys and you had something that you could say to them that would stay with them what would it be I think for me, a lot of the bullying I went through at school was from boys. And it's so funny now because they might message me on social media or something and they don't even remember what they've said that's hurt me and stayed with me. Like they don't think it matters. Like they just say it and, you know, they forget about it. Whereas, you know, banter. The banter, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with like some friendly banter, but at the end of the day, you know, words really hurt. And for girls in that age group that are trying that are trying so hard just to get through the day with you know their self-esteem and, and body image issues yeah a small word can hurt and I think it just goes back to that saying like you've got nothing nice to say don't say it for me I'd say silence doesn't mean yes relating to consent yeah yeah I I do feel like young young men need to learn about consent more Mm. yeah it's it's still it's still very much an issue today have you seen the um the work that chanel contos is doing um called teach us consent so she's 20 i think 21 she's uh, a sydney girl who decided that she had had enough of some of the issues and case studies and things that she'd heard um and also from some boys who'd been in some pretty terrible circumstances. Anyway, she decided to do what human brew do, which is just do it, own it, make the deal with yourself and get it done. And she set up a website and she's now campaigning across um, Australian states for consent to be a part of the curriculum. She's this uni student who's decided that she's going to do and it's that thing that you say about you can't be what you can't see and, you know, so she's decided that she's going to be the one that people see and that she's really making waves. It's so incredible to see what young women are doing at the moment in Australia, isn't it? And that Grace came. Wow. You know, it's the end of the year. Amazing. When I think about the next few years politics and then the next generation after that I'm actually really excited and optimistic that there are people like you and people like 
Chanel and um, and Grace Tame and, um, you know, the people who are calling it out and they're being courageous and they've got some amazing blokes along with them too, which is excellent. That's that great phrase, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. It's literally what they're doing. And and I think that some of the stuff that I've heard that the FOIA um, does is really brings out that thinking in you, isn't it, about I'm not going to think about my life as being this thing that's been so difficult and, you know, made problems for me. I'm going to look at what I can contribute to the world and, you know, advantage thinking, they call it, don't they? Yeah, and the capabilities approach, absolutely. So, again, it doesn't matter who you are or what your story is or where you've come from and not your weaknesses at all. They really um, focus on the strengths and where you can go and what you can do. And that I think is amazing and it's what we need more in schools and everywhere, really. It's, yeah, unreal. So what about you, Brie? Um, if you think about that advantage thinking and the, what did you call it, capability? Capabilities approach. Capabilities approach. Do you take that into, you know, your days when everybody has rubbish days, right? Everybody has a day where they feel like trash. Tell us how you take that capabilities thinking and approach into those days I think it's really about dropping the ego and changing your perspective to focus on what's I guess really happening so instead of taking something personally go hey this person's obviously reacting from a place in them that's struggling um and it's yeah really just becoming the high your higher self and dropping that ego and not making everything about you, not taking everything personally and diving deeper into what's actually happening. And I always say as well, like, be the energy you want to attract. So if there is, you know, something negative, don't engage in it, you know, contribute positive energy. Maybe that person just needs some love. Um, So it's, yeah, that's how I see it. Oh, I'm getting some really good parenting tips from you too. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I I was thinking also about some of the things that get us through and what we can tell other people about what they are. It's not just social media. What are the sorts of things that you like to, music you listen to or or is it movies or films or, you know, what is it that you absorb yourself in and just kind of go, I'm just going to give myself over to that um, as part of my, you know, looking after myself day. So I always make sure that my, like you can tell when I've taken the time for myself in the mornings for my morning routine versus the days I don't. Um, And it's always the days I don't where I can't deal with stress as well as I normally can. Um, So it's always within my best interest to take that time for myself. So, um, you know, I will get up and I'll exercise and I'll um, have a good healthy breakfast and I'll do my morning meditation and my affirmations. And I always play Um, I have like a morning reminder playlist, which is just music that makes me feel good. And I dance when I get ready and I just have that time with myself. (laughs) I, this sounds so silly, um, but I talk to myself in the mirror as well. So yes. So instead of um, how I said before about only validate, like validate yourself don't wait for other people and you you know if you want love from someone love yourself the way you want to be loved so like I remember growing up with my mom in the mirror I would get ready for school and work and she would just say I hate my hair I hate this I hate that 
And then by the time I was in high school, it was almost a competition, me going, I hate this. And she'd be like, I hate that. And we're just building this negative fire. So now I look at myself and I at least say one thing I like about myself or I'll just remind myself those things I need to hear and reconsolidate those um, affirmations and, yeah, talk right at me. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Well, that means I'll be getting up tomorrow and I'll be going, hello, how are you? I love you. How are you doing? Um, and what about you, Kim? What do you what do you do on it? Do you, do you have those conversations with yourself? Do you give yourself a pep talk? I haven't got onto that stage yet. I okay, do, we're going I, there, right? We're going I'm there. Next. there. <laughs> go girl, go girl. Um, I'm writing down affirmations like I am, and then whatever. Um, I've got a um, like a specific playlist with yeah. um, all positive affirmations, which I listen to. Yeah, just having um, good habits. In my playlist that I've made for you, um, well, that my whole family, my girls have made for you, uh, <laughs> one of the songs is is um, by Jack River and um, she uh, has got a song that's coming out tomorrow actually and um, I'll be sending you that one. So look out for that because she is a complete believer in the ability of young women to change the world and I have no doubt that I listen to her and her music and the sorts of messages that she has about looking after one another and the planet and um, but starting with you, you know, which is what you two are reminding me is that really important thing, start with you and say the things to yourself that, you, you know, that you want other people to say to you. How we learn is through repetition. So Mm -hmm. if we're repeating these negative things, of course we're going to consolidate that information and believe it. So we may as well repeat things that are going to make us feel good about ourselves and build Mm -hmm. our confidence. And just speaking of independence as well, what I think is with social media, everyone can say, oh, self-love, self-care, have a bubble bath, do Mm -hmm. your affirmations. But like Kim said, it's your healthy habits as well. So Mm -hmm. making sure you know, you do your washing, you you clean your house and create a, a comfortable, clean, hygienic environment. You're eating healthy food to fuel you and get you through the day and, and feel good within yourself as well. There's all these other things. It's the hard stuff as well. Girls everywhere will be inspired by you, both of you. Regardless of where anyone comes from, it's what they're doing now and taking what they've got and the gifts they've got and you've certainly got them in spades, both of you. So I'm reminded of that song for you, Kim, because you're so interested in, um, you know, policy and the world of um, political change. It's um, uh, Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay. Got to go back to the Tay-Tay. <laughs> she has got this great song called Only the Young. It's basically about your generation, and I don't like to make generalizations about generations but I am so optimistic that there are lots of things that haven't been dealt with by my generation that will be absolutely resoundingly fixed by yours so I think that um, we thank you for that and we thank uh, the foyer gang for that too um, because that's a gift they've given you but also you'll be giving the rest of us it has been fabulous having spent a bit of time with you two tonight. Thank you so much for talking with me and 
your courage and your kindness, two things that it really shine from both of you. If you were to say to a Kim or a Brie, what being at the foyer has meant for you or, and you know, what it would mean for them, because it is a transformational service, isn't it? It's like nothing else. I I would say don't give up reach out please because this is a transformative model um, that FOIA has FOIA is life-changing it helps you reach your full potential and there is so much more out there for you I wouldn't be where I am without FOIA. So I beg, please, if you are in a dire situation and need some um, help to really make those changes, FOIA's your your go-to. Absolutely, absolutely the go-to. I say time in, uh, time in and out again and again that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the foyer at all um let alone be the person I am today it's absolutely shaped me doing my certificate and developing independence I could see where I was when I first started and by the end of the program how much it had grown like seeing that on paper was uh, amazing and yeah absolutely it's a transformative program and it just helps you unlock your potential and find yourself it's amazing wow Um, for me I guess um with my mental health situation um yeah having the support services that FOIA offered and still offers me um it's given me the courage and the confidence to to express my story and um to express the the help and support that has been provided to me I'm eternally grateful for FOIA Foundation and for FOIA Oxford because I probably wouldn't be here either. I'm just trying to give back as much as I can for everything that FOIA has given to me. Well, that's incredible. And, you know, uh, I, I want to thank the FOIA Foundation for finding you too and selecting you and getting you in there and pushing you through all those things that they've done with you uh, because I wouldn't have met you otherwise. So um, more foyers, hey? Yes. More foyers. More foyers. Everywhere. They need them everywhere. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Youth Foyers. If anything in today's conversation was triggering or you need to discuss it, please contact the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or Lifeline on 131114. This podcast is brought to you by the Foyer Foundation. It is produced, voiced and edited by Beck Lewis. For sponsorship advertising opportunities or more info, contact info at foyer.org.au and visit foyer.org.au for more info on the Foyer Foundation.